everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast. I am your host, Bro Dinky, and with me, as always, is my co-pilot, Mr. Schmidt. Schmitty, what's going on with you this week, bud? Oh, man, not a whole lot. Just uh, up to more manual labor stuff here at the house, getting some more <laughs> things going. It feels like sweat, it's never... Sweat equity, we call that. Yeah, sweat equity. So, you know, <laughs> now I'm building a table. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing uh doing some outdoor stuff and fence stuff and deck stuff before and and now well we need furniture for the deck so uh, I was told to build a table so Schmidt, that, Schmidt the tool man you know my start another podcast on my journeys of being a husband and doing things around the house and building stuff so <laughs> you know, our, no. our buddy Buzzy is a, an engineer, I think, and a, and a woodworker. I think he'd be very much into that. You, you guys could probably link up on that one. <laughs> well, that would be food for thought for sure. But uh, no, it's been good, man. How are things with you? Uh, very good. Um, finally had a little bit of rest. I, I put in a, a solid two weeks straight of, of work there, kind of between jobs. The check this week was was quite nice. <laughs> on payday oh yeah um <laughs> but finally i've had i've had my first sort of uh couple weekend days off which was really nice and i'm uh i'm kind of adjusting to the new schedule getting used to the new gig a little better you know so far so good on that front um you know just trying to achieve small victories here and there and uh keep the ball rolling you know yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent yeah, so uh, I guess it's sort of uh, watches and wonders are behind us now. Yep. And I guess we're going to be looking forward a bit to what I, re- I really don't know. I mean, we have some things that we know are sort of out there in, in the in the ether a little bit, but um, I guess the playing field sort of wide open right now. Things are a little, I guess, unsure at the moment, which we'll get into a little bit later, but um as far as news goes, I uh, you know a few episodes back we had discussed the Nevada F seventy seven. It's sort of yep. that octagonal case with the with the funny end link on the bracelet and everything that just dropped. I know you can get those now, so that's cool. Uh, I fantastic, saw, fantastic. Yeah, yeah I saw um, Brew dropped an all black version of the metric. Not sure if you saw that one. I did. I saw some, and and I saw it just actually last night, uh, because some random watch influencer that I just how so happened to watch a YouTube short on was talking about it, and he was going bananas about it. And I looked at it, I was like, you know what, this is a pretty good looking watch. So it's kind of got like an Orfina vibe to it. Yeah, man. I mean, I think uh, I think uh, the you know our boy Brew is doing doing big things. I like this watch. Um, I think it's fantastic looking. So it's it gives me a lot of Monza or Fina vibes. Yeah. Um, I think it's a solid pick for four hundred four hundred and seventy five dollars US. So yeah, and if you're not familiar, this is similar to the one that we just saw in gold, which I was a big fan of, and now yeah. it's in a very stealthy black with some orange accents. You get the black, white, orange, very much that sort of Porsche look. Yeah. So I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Very neat, neat little release there. Um, on to some other new stuff. We've got a decent amount of it this week. Uh, a very cool one that's sort of very on trend lately. Uh, Ferrer has a 36 millimeter GMT out now. Yes, they do. It's uh, a sweet little package. 11 millimeters thick for GMT is pretty nice. 
it comes in sort of a very interesting light shade of like cotton candy pink. Yeah. Yeah. You've got uh, a sort of like a darker teal version, mm-hmm. a lighter, I don't know what to call it, sort of emerald color. Yeah. And they, yeah. they all have that real fair look about them. I mean, you, you got the um, very colorful handsets with their sort of non-traditional hands that they use that are, that are kind of out there. And some people like them, some people don't, but like them or not, I mean, these are very much their own watches. Like they, they yeah. make you look at these and you know, they are fairers. And I, I guess I, I <laughs> without a doubt, without I appreciate a doubt, for sure. that, right? Like I appreciate that. They're not really derivative at all. No. And these have a pretty cool little date window at three o'clock. It's got the circular date, sort of a la Bell and Ross, which I yep. like a lot. With uh, with the color match date wheel. I was gonna say color match date wheel for all those folks out there who like to get uppity about that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, they they so you get sort of like a step down dial in there in the middle, and there's somehow a lot and not so much going on at the same time, which is I guess what I like about these watches overall. Yeah, I think so. I. You know, I, I immediately saw the pink one. Um, and you know, I'm on I'm on the scope for everything pink out in the world. And and as we've talked about, I mean, I think really uh <laughs> as much as maybe the industry doesn't want to admit it, I think a lot of what you've done um has really helped promote pink uh as a as a color that men and, and women can both enjoy. And I think that this new fair is a great example of that. It's it's a very springy cotton candy pink but it it feels still wearable it doesn't feel like it's a lady's watch in any way and as you pointed out i mean i love what fair does everything that they have is their own unique styles their own unique take on things and 100 you you know it's a fair right off the bat and i think that this popular collection that was in gmt in a larger size is gonna be very welcomed in 36 millimeter yeah and it's a little it's a slim package Right. You get to what's interesting. You get to pick your number. I know. I think they're one to 100. You get to pick your number. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. They offer free engraving, which is also neat. And, uh, you know, you can get these either. I saw they're either on sort of this lizard grain strap or a mesh bracelet. And the movement inside is a top grade Salita. So you're getting a Salita SW330. Dash two, and that is a top grade version of, I guess, the Salita SW three series. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, everything that they do is fantastic. I mean, really, truly, and they have such a great range of complications within their lineup. And I don't know, I mean, we've talked about them so many times before, but it's good to see that no matter what, they just keep bringing hitters, and I like it. I like it. You know, this is a, they have a very distinctive design language and it's very cool to see that they're continuing to push that. And it's obviously been very successful for them. So good luck to you guys with Fairer. Go out and buy these watches because I think they're fantastic. That's they're coming pitch. in at, coming in at 1450, not inexpensive, but in the grand scheme of watches, also not crazy expensive. No, not at all. Right after watches and wonders where the prices are just, over off, the, off the wall in certain areas, right? <laughs> Overinflated in some yeah, cases. So, I, I would agree. And yeah. just sort of the the direction that the industry's gone in. I mean, there's not a whole lot you get for under fifteen hundred anymore. I mean, there's yeah, there's enough, but 
it used to be much more plentiful yeah. in the, the yeah. good old days, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of good old days, and this one sort of has a, a similar vibe to that brew we were just talking about, um, a brand we've mentioned on the show before would probably make for a good episode about brands we we want to know more about and we we don't know enough about but we've mentioned them whether you call them lip or leap they, i know they're a french brand they've yep. brought back a reissue from the 70s from the tv case era yeah yeah and this one is uh i think they're calling it the big tv and it's a, it's an homage <laughs> to the <laughs> very aptly named right yes. the big tv well i think it was yeah. called the the tv titan early in the 70s and uh okay yeah, so they're bringing this one back, and they have a they have a version with a skeleton dial as well. And they're just they they have sort of that very tapered bracelet look. And if you know anything about Lip or Leap, whichever it is, uh, their watches they're sort of very plain, yeah, very round shapes on the dials. Um, I know that the chronograph that we both kind of like has like three circular pushes on them. Right, they're very, they're a little bit quirky, but I, I guess that's just how I would describe this brand. They're they have very round shapes. Even the edges on this TV case are rounded for being, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a, a pretty large square. But all in all, a neat release. Um, again, very vintage, very much yeah, a throwback. But you know what? But very you know cool what it really overall. reminds me of? What's that? It reminds me a lot of the Zodiac Astrographic. Okay. It's kind of the 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 case design, kind of that bracelet integration is that's probably the closest thing that I can think of that this looks like. But you don't have just the, you know, the secondhand floating around the right, dial. Right, the, like the a, floating pieces, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a deliberate hour hand, minute hand, second hand, you can see it. But very cool watch um in titanium as well, right. which I, I know you mentioned with the automatic movement uh i'm excited about this watch i think it's cool i don't think it's a watch for everybody because just the style is going to be polarizing but i think it's very 70s it's very cool and for people that might be interested in kind of like the techie look of watches i think that this would be a piece that would certainly fit that bill it's a very industrial very kind of tech futuristic forward type design even though it came back out in the 70s but again that makes total sense right Everything was very much of the futuristic uh, design concept back then. So I think it's a cool watch. Um, I was very happy to see them come back out with it. And and it's interesting enough because I know we covered them many, 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 many episodes ago. I think right around the time we started kind of hitting the double digits of uh, of our episodes and... I know I had mentioned the Mach 2000, which is kind of the watch that you and I really like. It's got the, the you know the the blue, the yellow, and the red buttons for the pressures for the chronograph. But they're like there's like abstract balls, um, which is a very interesting concept. But it's interesting. I think that they're kind of making like a new production run of things. Yeah, you know, it seems like you know when you go to their website, it's much more updated. It actually has like legitimate prices. I know back then we were kind of wondering if they could still make this watch, um, but it looks like it's uh, part of the current collection. So very cool to see that. Yeah, and if if you're someone like me who's really 
into the 70s TV look of those old like speed masters and things like that that got very expensive all of a sudden. Um, yeah, this could be a, a little a little winner for you, sort of hidden gem in the rough. Uh, I know it does come in at 899 euro, but again, not the not the most expensive watch I've ever seen. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of great great watches at these price points, and I'm like, yeah, that's uh, it seems pretty standard, not not too bad. Yeah. All right, onward. Uh, keeping with the sort of small watch theme we're establishing here, I'm sure everybody by now has seen that. Seiko is now moving their five sports line down a notch into the 38 <laughs> millimeter realm. You know, I'm excited about it. Um, and we've talked about these ones, particularly in the bigger case, that they're just a hair too big, that they just seem a little clunky and that they can use a little reduction. And here we are. So we're getting these Seiko five and I will use air quotes here divers because they're not divers. They have, you know, push pull crowns and they're 100 meter and they're sort of like a, a desk diver or a street diver whatever you want to call it but they they have the diver look to them yeah sort of yeah. a la the old skx but they're sort of just the they're almost like the newer pelagos equivalent <laughs> right that the sort of nerfed skx yeah, the the neutered skx right that's exactly what they are so they you still kind of get that cool look about it but the they're they're a little less serious in that regard yeah, yeah where before you know the skx was sort of the ultimate bargain in iso certified diver type deal um yeah, this yeah. one is very much uh i guess it's just a it's it's i wouldn't call it streetwear but it's it's more just for everyone, I guess, as opposed to being sort of like a serious diver. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it, it's it's like it. The best way I can probably describe it is like a fashion diver, right? Like it has all of the elements that you would closely associate with a dive watch. However, you are fundamentally missing the major principles of this being a dive watch, right? Right, high water resistance, screw down crown. Loom pip. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loomed pip, ISO certification, all of that, you know. But I think it's cool. I mean, let's be honest, you know, how many people that bought SKXs back in the day were actually using them diving? Probably a very small percentage. I'm sure Seiko is probably well aware of that. And they're like, Yeah, this is this is fine. Uh, we'll introduce a newer caliber, you know, put it in a small package, which I think is is uh something that people want. Um, I imagine that these will probably sell pretty well. There's, you, you know, kind of two less serious colorways and then two kind of more conservative colorways. So I think this will satiate a lot of different people. But uh, I like them overall. You know, it kind of reminds me of like a steel version of the Res KX that you and I got. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like... This is probably that case. It's probably that 4R36 movement, you know, and now we're offering in steel, you know? I do. I do. Shouts to the homie Steve, by the way, for Res KX. That was a good yeah, call on yeah, your yeah. part. I saw that. I saw that comment. And I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, think it, that. neither one of us thought of that. And I, that <laughs> makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, oh. I was like, yep. Yeah. Swatch KX. You know, sometimes you, you know. sometimes you just try to get too cute. You know, you try to you try to over know, over complicate things. Not you, like, I just uh, mean in general. You know, you try to you, you overcomplicate things. Sometimes you don't uh 
you know, see the forest for the trees, however that old saying goes. <laughs> it's right. That's right. Yeah. That is right. But, but yeah, uh, the rest KX, this is basically a steel version of it. Um, and, 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 you know, if any indication for what Sego does, like we'll probably have more of these like every few months. Um, so I wouldn't, uh, if you don't love the colorways initially, I wouldn't, you know, clamor too much. You know, you'll be probably okay when they release a limited edition or some other type of colorway just, you know, down the pipe. So, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this one said it's 20 mils between the lugs, where I think ours are 18. So it might not be the identical same case, but regardless, um, yeah, yeah, you're getting this bad boy right now. Currently in black, you're getting a champagne color dial with a, almost like an olive bezel, and then you're getting two interesting ones, which I which I think are very much for the diehards. You're getting <laughs> that orange with the black bezel with sort of like the the gilt gold yep. look to it, mm -hmm. which was a very big model for them in the SKX version. I believe it's the yes. 011. That was a very big fan favorite for a lot of people. And then you're also getting a teal, which calls back to a rather old model that was, I believe, I want to say it was a ladies model, but it was a mid-sized diver. It, it came in teal. It wasn't a very big production. And I believe they're very big collector's items now. Okay. And so now you're getting the ability to sort of embrace that in a little bit more of a, a, a gender neutral size here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Again, it's not going to break your bank because you don't have to go buy an old vintage model that, you know, you have to dig up probably, on the internet, right? Probably I runs think, horribly. <laughs> yeah, I think these come in at I want to. I think it's three twenty five. Okay, three twenty five so, or so three. Give them about six months. Ninety five. Right, you're going to find it for two two twenty five on eBay eventually. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. That's my favorite part about these. <laughs> so do you have do you have a favorite one that you like? Uh, you know, I'm really leaning hard on the teal. I am because you know, you know me. I'm a, I'm a big vintage Seiko dude. And just knowing about it and then sort of having, like I said, a chance to recapture that where yeah. I would have normally had to go after one. And I think the teal ones, if, I, if I'm correct, I might not be, but I think they were quartz. So this is a, sort of a neat little wrinkle there as well. Okay. Yeah. Is it pretty faithful in the in the design? Um, you know what? They just looked like sort of your typical 7S26 version or you know like the the typical Seiko diver you're thinking of but in a a mid-size case. So more or less the okay. same except you you know you're getting the the middle school S on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the old the old teal divers are uh they're cool. They pop on a lot of on a, on a lot of vintage collector pages. Our buddy DC Vintage posts them once in a while. You know, obviously he he knows about them because they're they're a popular collector's item. But just a neat little little wrinkle from the back catalog, and you know that's that's what I like about what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of back catalogs and such, Timex is bringing back another queue actually this is bringing back they are they're hearkening to the queue but in this case they're going forward they are ma now manufacturing a gmt chronograph yeah i mean <laughs> i mean kind of neat for them to be like yeah i mean this kind that, of movement yeah i'm not like you know for me i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of the watch overall because i just think it's a little bit busy it is but i can really do appreciate um the fact that they did this, like, why not? 
it's a yes. three time zone chronograph, according to uh, according to Time Mix's website, which is cool. I mean, I think um, I think a lot of people really liked what what Time Mix has been doing. I know we've talked about it so many times on the show as well. Um, you know, we like the we like the the Q Timex GMT. Uh, we like the Chronograph Q. So why not just combine both of them together into one singular timepiece? Uh, and I think it's I think it's very cool. I think a lot of people like it. It seems to be selling pretty well. Um, and they're priced at two hundred and nineteen US on the rubber, two hundred and thirty nine on the bracelet. But they look good. I mean, not my not my cup of tea. But, you know, if you think you want a cute Timex and you've been holding out, maybe this is the one you get. Track a couple time zones, have a chronograph. Why not? Yeah, and you're getting – so you're getting uh, running second, subdial, 60-minute totalizer, and then I believe 24-hour time. And then you're mm-hmm. also getting a 12-hour bezel, and yep. you're getting, I guess, what we would refer to as a GMT hand, kind of in addition to the usual Q layout. It's uh yeah it's uh, I think it's fun I think it's cool all the way around our buddy Strap Habit got one in already I saw because he's uh he's actually pioneering a I love uh, it I saw a run that. of yeah replacement straps for the Q and if if you're if you're wondering why that would even be an issue um if you've ever had a Q they have sort <laughs> of hooded lugs but then they're also sort of uh they pinch in a little bit almost like the Casio. The one that people call the Casio Royale, yeah, yeah, right. It, they 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 just uh, if you put a regular strap on it, it looks a little too skinny because the stock ones flare out a little to match the case, yeah, and then taper. So if you put a standard strap on it, it just looks very skinny between the lugs. So Correct. these straps flare out to account yeah, they, for that. It has to have a notch to it, is right? What, is what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. it's got to have a notch to to sit inside the lugs because the lugs are skinnier than the actual dimensions of the case so once you put the strap in there if you just put a strap that coincides with the lug width it doesn't match the profile of the case and it looks like it's undersized um and he has rectified that with his new straps i'm looking at them right now there's a host of colors and basically these are fkm rubber with sailcloth together with that notched connection point and a quick release spring bar. I think these are cool, man. Um, I was looking at the launch uh, when I was coming back from, from the airport. I happened to refresh my IG feed and I saw them like, Oh, this is amazing. Cause I've always wanted something like this. And I saw the price point. And I was like, that's a little bit more than I'm used to at strap habit. So uh, I'll have to do some, some digging around, but uh, very cool straps. For sure. Yeah. And lastly, on the new release front, I'm not sure if you saw this one. Uh, Ming is back with, I guess, their second world timer. And Yay. this one is in 40 millimeters. Uh, it's grade five titanium. And it's got the, the crystal actually, I think, goes straight into the case, which is kind of neat. So you don't really have a bezel and, and everything's sort of under the, the crystal and on the dial, um, you know, kind of a busy layout. You get sort of the, the Ming hands that you're used to and everything, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not huge on their brand. And I got to say it is, it, it is, it is hard to tell which hand does, which at a glance. 
look, I, yeah, I don't know. I just brands like this, like, is a very specific type of person that wants them. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, if you're a huge collector and you think that this is the way to go, by all means, go get it. You know, I, I used to be a fan of Ming a lot. And I used to love what they were doing, but then they just got so crazy. They kept coming out with these weird designs. Their price points kept going up by a significant margin. And, you know, they had some issues in the past. So I was like, you know what? For me, it's just kind of like it's a wash at this point. I, you know, I'm I, the Ming for me is a is a is a love it or or or, or leave it kind of brand. I just it's not something that I'm interested in right now. There's nothing that they're gonna produce, and I'm gonna be like, yes, this is this is it. This is the watch. So, you know, cool design, cool watch, I guess. But for me, price point's not that cool. It's about no, tw- not for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and again, this is this is kind of the stuff that that I feel is just a little silly at this point. There's a lot of stuff going on right now that's just. I just feel like it's. I don't know. It's silly. It feels silly. It feels silly. Well, well, let's just take this at face value, right? Off the top of your head, just because it's a popular measuring stick, how many Rolex models retail for over $19,000? How many of them off the top of my head? I'm just saying, like like regular production. You know. Oh, regular production? You, you not know, many. You're talking about you know, gold right, precious or Precious metals, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But... There's really not many. But yet all of them retail for more than that. Or I should say all of them secondary. Right, of course. Retail for more than that. You know I'm what just I mean? saying you're you're slapping a value on this that's that's above a steel Daytona. RRP. Yeah. It's a, it's a gutsy thing to mark a watch up that high. And I get yeah, it. You're saying yeah, you're yeah. saying, you know, we put a lot of attention and we're in, you know, independent and all that, but still it's a by comparison for me, yeah. By comparison for me, that's a that's a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about it like that. But you're one hundred percent. It's correct just a of... perspective thing, and it's not, it's again, it's not necessarily a, a a direct knock or anything. You know, people can value their stuff for whatever they want. They feel like they've put that kind of effort and detail and whatever into it. Go ahead, go nuts. You know, I understand. Yeah. yeah. You know, world timers are probably not easy watches to make or conceptualize. I get it. But it's a lot of dough. <laughs> yeah, man. That. Yeah, you're right. It is a lot of dough. Right? Somebody comes out with a great chronograph. What do you do immediately? You compare it to El Primero, Speedmaster, Daytona. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's what you do. That's just, that's what runs through my head. And so when I see a watch marked up this high and I'm like, hey, I'm like, what else can I get with that money? And I'm like, you know, it's kind of crazy by comparison, you know. Just what else is out there for that? So, but again, it's like you said, things are just a little, a little bit silly right now. It feels like, at least, especially after Watches and Wonders. I mean, yeah, I was, I was, you know, overall there was some cool stuff, but I was just really, I don't know if it was just me or or the year itself, but I just felt so tuned out. You know, there was a couple things that were really cool. But a lot of it on the whole was just like, I don't know. I just. Yeah. 
I, I mean, are you feeling that way? I am. I am. You know, and it's funny. I I kind of went back and was just thinking about you know ha- having done seventy five episodes under the belt at this point, spanning over a year and a half, and I was thinking about our first episode. And, and it, if if you don't remember that one, it was it was titled "State of the Game." It was sort of just like where we felt things were at the time, and I was trying to compare where we were at to where we are now and i feel like some things have changed some things haven't some things have sort of just become a little more amplified with that respect yeah but you're right it feels a little a little weird i don't know i I don't really have a ton that i feel like i feel like in past years i i was looking forward to more heading into the year and maybe it was just because we we got sort of it it wasn't a ho-hum or a lackluster watches and wonders it just wasn't I guess it just didn't have that that sizzle to it. I mean, even last year we got that that ridiculous upside down GMT and things. It it just yeah. creates a buzz, you know. Yeah. Whereas now we have a forty millimeter explorer, right? Titanium, not yacht master. Yeah. You know, we got some off the wall things, but it it not in, in the respect of anything that's. I feel like people are are clamoring over right i don't i don't think i don't think the watches we got were as polarizing as the green gmt right i don't i don't i don't think we got that with the puzzle p state eight or the the gumball op i don't know it's just it feels like there's there's just a we're in a weird spot right now and I, i don't know if maybe that that's playing into the hands of some brands and some of them are sort of just waiting the wings to drop their their heat and really shake things up. I mean, the the, the stage is set if somebody wants to. Yeah, but sure. um, but yeah, I, I kind of just been sort of uh, reflecting on it now that Watches and Wonders has been sort of in the rear view, and I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, and I think a lot of people feel that way based on the conversations you and I both have in our DMs every week, both yeah. on the 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 show page and my own personal ones. But I mean, to watches and wonders kind of felt like a big advertisement this year. I mean, I understand to an extent it is. Yeah. I mean, of course it is, but it, it you know, again, it's, I, I don't know, maybe we're entering into, into peak commercialism in, in the watch world because everything is just like a pitch. Everything is a sale. Everything is, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but it just, like no matter what it it feels like well like every article for example right like when you when you read articles in the news right yeah things are spun one way or another sure but like you like i always go back to at the end of the day if you're gonna if you're gonna put an article about a timepiece out there at the at the end you're gonna have to eventually make sort of a some sort of a statement on it as a as a buyer sell but it, in in these circumstances it is it's always buy <laughs> right it's never it's never like well this is going to be for only the diehards or yeah. you know what it might not be for everybody it's going to be for a few people and it's going to hit that you know niche really good it's always instead this is quirky and esoteric and it's probably for the masses and I get it, man. I get it. You got to keep the lights on. And that's part of the shtick is, is 
to an extent, coverage is advertisement. Yeah. Especially when you're talking consumer goods and relationships with regard to business and things like that. But it, it feels even more prevalent and in your face these days, as is reflected by, as I said, our, our DMs at least once a week. We get we get one that says, you know, like, I really appreciate the honesty and the thoughts that you put into things and that, and that you're, you're not really afraid to say things. And I guess that comes with the territory. You know, we're, like I said, we're not, we're not in anybody's pocket. We're not getting kickbacks. We're not getting free stuff, you know, we, we, and it is what it is. Like I, I also, we don't put ourselves out there to be available for that. (laughs) I mean, we've tried in the past and it hasn't been, you know, something that we really ultimately wanted to do. And, you know, I mean, look, could I put myself out there and sell my soul to the devil? Yeah, I probably could. Sure. But I, it's not something that really interests me. And and it just feels it, it doesn't feel like us. And I just uh, yeah, I don't think the risk reward is there. I don't think the risk of tarnishing sort of the air of objectivity is worth it for whatever I could put in my pocket. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't feel like it would turn into a career. I don't feel like it would turn all that lucrative anyway. So why would I sort of turn on all those people that are reaching out to me in the first place to say that they enjoy what I do and want to talk about things and want to have an honest conversation and want to just, you know, speak objectively. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying my opinions are necessarily right. I'm not saying that what I speak is the truth and 100% facts. Again, I, I don't, consider myself an expert. You know, I have an enthusiasm for these things. I I've made this a big part of my life for however many years now. And, you know, I, I genuinely do feel strongly about them, but at the end of the day, I'm just another person with another opinion like everyone else. You know, it doesn't, yeah. I, I don't value yeah. it any higher necessarily, but I do feel like we should be having those conversations where you're allowed to say what you think and not get lambasted for it or, you know, painted as a hater or, you know, get cast out because you don't want to say something is all, you know, rainbows and sunshine when you don't feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause let's be honest, it's not. And that's what I think I feel the most is no matter what, you know, there's an energy and I can't quite pick it up but there's an energy going on right now within the industry and things are so commercialized or so they're so, you know, marketed and obviously it's the, it's the machine, right? Eventually the machine will devour any semblance of purity and honesty. And, you know, the reasons why people got into this hobby in the first place, it's just going to happen because people realize that they can really make money doing this. And, I don't know, man. It just the entire vibe of what I used to love about the industry just feels so corporate now. And like you said, I mean, this watches and wonders, it just felt like a pitch. You know, everything that we got was just like this cool watch here, but it was more so about the sell. And I don't even know if any of this is making sense, but it just feels like it's different. Well, I think there's also a a few things going on here. I mean, as we've sort of mentioned, 
as a bit of a theme this year, there's there's a bit of a a, a cheap watch renaissance going on right now. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, it's happening. I mean, look at look. I just got a, I just got another message today about another person who bought a resin Seiko. Like, we, oh, really? Yeah, no. It's I mean, it, it, part of it is because they listen to the show and we've spoken highly about them, and they want to see what all the hubbub is about. I get it, but I just think since maybe it's since the inception of the Moon Swatch. I think that encouraged people to say, hey, cheap can be fun and sort of cheeky and enjoyable. And why not experience a little more of it, right? Why chase the high value stuff all the time? I mean, especially I always go back to sort of the the state of the local or global economy all the time. But I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, that weighs on you when. And it affects all of us. Yeah. When you're thinking about purchasing, right? I mean. (laughs) <laughs> anyone who's not really considering that is probably not making wise financial decisions well but... that or they're killing it either way. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's also true right the rest of us poors are out here just trying to survive yeah so you know? but I, I i do think i think i think there has been sort of a a period of renewal within the the affordables and whether it's you know the newer seikos we were just talking about earlier the 38 millimeter faux divers or you know, uh, citizens put out some really great stuff lately. We've seen the moon swatch. We talk about Timex putting out a lot of fun stuff. Um, Orient's put out some neat stuff lately. That yeah, and they've always been there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to act like they haven't. You know, they've always put out fun stuff. Timex put out the Snoopy watches. Orient's put out tremendous value divers and things like that for but a I long feel like time. People are paying attention to it even more so now. Is they're looking at it. Right. And I think it's because, like I said, the Moonswatch got such coverage and people who are usually posting Daytonas and Speedmasters are posting a quartz chronograph that is supposed to be just good old plain fun. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that sort of struck a chord with people and they were like, why not? You know, so I think that has something to do with sort of where things are are headed headed but also sort of splitting off like as we talked about prices are just going up and up and up in other realms yeah right i say it all the time about grand seiko they're just going every time i see a new release it's closer and closer and above 10 grand where they would never be going before i mean even doesn't matter what awesome dial you threw in a titanium case it was you know, five thousand, six thousand. It would again not cheap by any standard, but now we're up in the eights, nines, tens, twelves. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate. You know, you know where I stand. I love them. I, I love their craftsmanship. I love their, you know, the tech they've put in their watches and and all the care that goes into it. But uh, at some point, I'm priced out, right? And and yeah. I won't I won't be on their their quartz models on the lower end, but also. You know, what if I wanted a high beat or a spring drive? You're you're getting to the point where you're SOL, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. just that's just from a, a perspective of a brand I genuinely adore because again, people like to go back to oh, you're a hater, but 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 when I talk about ones I don't. But either way, I mean that's that's just an example of it feels like things are just up and up and up, you know. And it, we were talking about releases from watches and wonders, and it felt like every time I'm like 
and this one is 14.5 and this one is 27 and you know like <laughs> and i understand yeah. some of them are you know yeah. carbon cases or precious metals or you know minute repeaters i get it i get that is always going to be expensive unless you're frederick constant and you're putting out turbions for 28 <laughs> grand right? yes absolutely <laughs> which is still right? expensive but in the realms of turbion it is really not oh but it, it, it's just that that's just the way I feel. I feel like there's there's very sm- small amounts of middle ground now where you're you're getting that now occupied by this the Seikos and Zins of the world, which used to be considered tremendous value and bang for buck and look what you're getting. And now, you know, I, I still like what Zin does, but I get an email from watch buys every few months that says prices are going up. Yeah. You know, so it's it is what it is, I guess, in that regard. Yeah. You know, and I, I also get that technology is improving and that you get. Typically, I'll put it typically that when prices go up, you're also going to get either better movements, better case materials or, or or components within the movement or newer movements. And, and they're going to upgrade the watches in ways that they can. And like I said, typically it's not always, but right. You know, there are going to be improvements made and sometimes that will justify a significant price hike. But as I was talking to you about a little bit before the show, listen, people like to nitpick about things like movements, but if I gave you a watch with a four R movement versus a six R movement, and I never told you what was in it, you would not know the difference. No, you You wouldn't. You could sit there and time it out, and if if you knew that there was, you know, oh, I don't know what this movement is. Let me time it. Okay, sure, whatever. But at the end of the day, if if I just hand you a watch and I said wear this and it's cool, okay, you would not know, you know. So, what is this you're sending me here? <laughs> Impromptu show thing. Oh, what is this? I don't know. I just saw it. I thought it was cool. It's a, oh, it's the okay. So it's the Timex T80. If you're familiar with that, it's it's sort of the Timex version of the F91. Yeah, right. And and they they're making it in some fun colors here. I don't know, man. This this like synth wave, like cyber stuff, is really getting to me these days. Yeah, this so, is uh, it, it's almost very 80s. Like where we oh, it's 100 percent 80s. Like the, it's the pictures, like the like the. Like the photo shoots with like the neon lights in the background and stuff. Yeah, that's what this looks yeah. like. I mean, it, it, I kind of <laughs> like it. It's 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 definitely definitely Rishi's radio colors. So it's the T eighty steel thirty six millimeter resin strap watch. So steel yeah. watch resin strap. <laughs> and and I like the I like the slogan. Good vibes only. Good vibes only. Yeah. I mean, I'm for it. I'm I, maybe I'm here just for the good vibes these days. Yeah, did you, you see? Have... Did you see that? Uh, speaking of like cheap, fun, inexpensive watches, did you see that the the the, the Timex Q is going to be in the Barbie movie? You did send me that, and I thought it was a joke at first. No, it's like legit. It's so, legit. But what is the is guys it... going to do about his his tag representation? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to find out. I mean, he's going to wear that we... blue. Blue, that I'm... that awkward blue Q situation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I think uh, as far as as far as I could tell, because Timex did a post about it, 
on their social media. They did. Yes, it came from Timex. That's where I sent the I sent that. You did. From. I had to check. So I think it's gonna be that that Malibu version that they had. Um, you know, released many years ago that probably sold mostly to women. I would imagine, given how funky and colorful it is. And I think it was thirty six as well. Yeah, it was smaller. Um, but I mean, that's. That's, I mean, straight up Malibu Barbie. Like, it's literally that, you know? Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see if Margot Ro- uh, Robbie is actually rocking this in the film. Because I think it would be kind of cool. I'm still, I'm curious about the gauze. The gauze <laughs> as Ken. I don't. I mean, I saw, I mean, did you see the new, like, little trailer that they dropped? I have not. It 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 really it doesn't doesn't do it for me. I'm not, I'm I mean, never I, see I, it doesn't do it for me either. But just the uh, like the artistic styling of that film is like the '80s wet dream. You know, it's literally bright neon, crazy colors, and like stereotypical Barbie stuff that you and like. Even as a guy, you've seen it before. You know, like you know the iconography you know the style of this because everyone knows who barbie is right so it's just kind of this idea but the trailer i mean from what i saw like little snippets of people talking about it it looks very visually interesting i think i think i saw a tiny snippet on instagram when i was scrolling and i think it's going to be a very self-aware movie in that regard where like there was a part where the guys is talking to barbie he's like so hey you know, uh, should we uh, go back to my place later? And she's like staring at him and he's she's like, for what? And he's like smiling back at her. And he's like, I, I don't know. Cause I they're... honestly don't know. Yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. I was just like, okay, that was, that was kind of funny. Like it, it's very self-aware. I saw, I saw that same clip yeah. and I was just kind of like, this is hilarious. Like this is maybe what we need right now in film. It's just like something that is not taking itself too seriously and uh you know knows how to how to be cool. Yeah. So we'll I, don't see. Know. I mean it, it for all uh it is, it there is Barbie is an iconic brand. Yeah. I mean again, not that this this podcast needs to be dominated by Barbie talk, but I just think that it was very interesting to see that this watch is going to be potentially featured in that film because it really would make sense to be Barbie's watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the colors, man. It's crazy. Never we'll thought see. Never thought I'd be talking Barbie on a watch it, podcast, I mean, but hey, yeah, here we are. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. <laughs> It's fine, man. It's fine. I'll just go somewhere else and talk about Barbie watches. I mean, uh, it, is the, it is the Malibu Time XQ, okay? Yeah. I mean, if she's going to wear any watch as Barbie, she better wear the Malibu Timex, right? And her pink convertible. Exactly, right? I mean, maybe the gauze is wearing something different. Who knows? The, a Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine... I would be so curious to see what he, what he would do. But you know, know probably, the watch spotting will be out and a boot when that film opens. Yeah, no. Danny Milton will have the scoop ASAP. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, no, you're probably right. I know, I know. It's fine. <laughs> probably right. Oh, he'll be watching it, scooping it up. I mean, again, maybe it's not even on Barbie herself, but maybe, maybe it's it might you know, be displayed or something. Yeah, or like she goes yeah. shopping and it's in the window somewhere. Yeah, could be, could be. Who knows? But yeah, so I mean, yeah, lump that into the weirdness <laughs> of the watch hobby as it stands, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, not just in, and that's sort of that's a, a bit of a, a microcosm of what we're sort of discussing lately. Um, and you know, it's funny at going back on watches and wonders and thinking about sort of where things are. Um, again, it might just be a little bit of, of, of jadedness or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, when I when I first came around. You know, I I was really intrigued by a lot of the 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 Trinity stuff and the high horology and things like that. And I I don't know why that has just felt like that has felt as irrelevant to me as it has since I've sort of gotten into things. Yeah, I don't know why, and I don't know if it's just because AP is still hammering the Royal Oak. You know, VC is still the offshore. You know. Look, I get it. The two 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 is cool, but like again, things are just unobtainium now. Where when I got yeah, and, in, and... you could get an Aquanaut, you could get a Nautilus, and I I think that plays a part of it. And that why would I even pay attention to things I can't have? But it, it's not the same. Like if I see a really cool concept car, I would be intrigued by it. It takes a lot for me to get really excited about a Patek or a an AP. Or something just nowadays. I don't know why that is. It's just that you know they're just not grabbing me in that regard that I I, I used to feel like I, I kind of fawned over them, you know. And maybe it was just because I thought it was what it was, you know. When like when I was a newbie and I was like, well, this is this is the no, Trinity, you know. No, I I don't think it's that. I think I think you know to maybe to some degree it's like, hey, we've lifted the veil off of this because we've been exposed to it for so long. Maybe there's an air of that, but I think ultimately, I like you share that same sentiment. It just feels like there there's nothing overly exciting, and and like you said, it's not even because it's not obtainable. It's just that the idea is like it's like I love the two two two. I think it's a very arguably beautiful watch, but do you see it on normal people? No, you see it on celebrities. You see it on hype people. You see it like. It's like those are the only people who would ever get this watch. And yet, back in the day, that was a very special Vacheron to get. But people could get it. And it was like a low-key watch. You know, like the people that knew, knew. Now it's like Pharrell has it. Jay-Z has it. You know, LeBron has it. Like, it, Like, how many people have this watch? And I see it not on normal people. I see it on the uber wealthy. I see it on celebrities. I see it on people that probably in some way probably got it for free, you know, through endorsements or whatever. Who knows? And I don't know. It's just not interesting anymore. And like you said, AP, are they ever going to do anything different than the Royal Oak? I mean, they've been trying really hard. With the code eleven fifty nine, but 
Nothing has been successful in that entire range. And everyone that's buying it is buying it, I think, with the understanding that, yeah, it's AP trying to do something cool, but nobody's buying it. So this will be super collectible in 10, 20 years because it was a marketing failure for them. The only one that was relatively cool was the most recent one that they debuted, not even at Watches and Wonders earlier this year. Yeah, where they just had... Their grand complication, remember? <laughs> when they had uh, 1159 diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> they just like let it rip. You remember that day where they, it was like over a span of three days where they dropped like 45 miles oh, of yeah. 1159? <laughs> yes. And I was like, holy Christ. And everyone like, paid attention to like one watch. Yeah. yeah. And even then it was the couple of Royal Oaks. Yeah. Right? It was the, the Stone Dial Gold Royal Oak. Which admittedly is a neat watch, but again, am I? I'm just not that jazz on it. Yeah. <sighs> you know, and then I don't know, and then Rolex has sort of come to occupy that space that those brands used to occupy when I, I first came around, because yeah, they're hard to get, but they're not impossible to get. You know, and then like we always talk about. They sort of have Tudor do their bidding as far as duking it out with other brands because Rolex doesn't want to pay attention to other brands. They say we do our own thing and everybody kneels at our feet. So Tudor, you can have a meta certification and you can battle with the likes of Omega and everybody else. And yeah, and that's what it's going to be. And everybody else fights for whatever's left is sort of sort of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like it feels very cookie cutter. And I guess that's what's boring about it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. It's just you have you have odd brands being positioned against each other, right? Like Tudor and Omega. Never I thought that that would be a big factor, um, but Rolex is trying to tell everyone that you know they're playing it at a different game, they're playing it at a different field, and I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. I mean, they keep making things that I think people want, and that are gonna be collectible, but. I just, I don't know. Their their releases are very disinteresting to me, or uninteresting, I should say. And I don't know. I just don't get excited about things the way I used to anymore. Maybe I'm just jaded. Well, so I, I always go back. I like to, to, to self-reflect a little bit, and I always like to say, well, am I just in a little up, you know, you go up and you go down and you, your interest peaks and valleys. Like, am I just in a little bit of downswing where I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just not, maybe not as focused or not as in love with things right now. And it'll come back and, you know, a couple of neat pieces will kind of bring me back in. And, and I feel like that happens with everything, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what you're into, whether it's cars or you're a big gamer or what have you. Like, you know, you have some hobby, I would assume, in your life. Apparently right. not. I'm just building furniture now. So now, that's a hobby in its own <laughs> self. I mean, look, even even people who who go to the gym religiously, right, have those periods where they're like, damn, I haven't gone in a few weeks or whatever. A week. Yeah, yeah. You hit the plateau, the mental block. Right. I mean, look, sometimes life gets busy. Sometimes other things get in the way. So sure, yeah, you can also have that. But I don't know. It's just it, you know, I'm. I guess I'm just waiting for the next thing to sort of really jazz me up a little and i guess what do you what do you think it would be i don't know but i'm just i'm not that satiated by what what i saw at watches and wonders like i feel like i'm still thirsty for more like i feel like watches and wonders is 
it was like an appetizer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that how you feel? Because that's how I feel. I feel like it's it was a taste, but now we got to get back to reality where people are going to actually release stuff. And I don't know, man. It just feels like we waited a whole year and we got like this. You know? We got the Celebration Dial OP and we got the Puzzle Piece Emoji Day Date and like those are the two watches that kind of stole the show for every brand and everything else even the Platinum Daytona with an exhibition case back was really like eh it's got an exhibition case back now I don't even feel like that was taken that seriously you know like the 1908 was a very cool watch for Rolex, and like nobody really. I was gonna say they it. put out a new line, and <laughs> like an I, I haven't heard much. Of, I like, haven't heard much about it. No, I'm just kind of like guys. Like this watch is arguably very cool, and you know I'm not a Rolex boy or fan in any stretch of the word or phrase, and I'm like this is awesome. But again, I like collecting the stuff that people don't like because it, of yeah, that I guess, reason. I, I guess find it's... it interesting. I guess it's not steel sportsy enough. You know, it, it, again, if if everyone wants it, it means I don't want it. If everyone thinks it's awesome, then it means that, you know, I need to find something different. Because those are the watches that that people don't mess with, they need love to. You know. Send me your tired, your weak. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, because again, that's what that's what made the hobby fun. And all of these pieces, all I mean, if you think about this, you know, chronologically and historically in the in the world of watches, all of the pieces that nobody bought have become the most desirable ones today. Yeah. And I feel like everyone forgets that. So, like, if that's the understanding, do I go and get a celebration OP? Or do I go find something even more interesting, like a 1908? Like a Cellini? You know, if I'm talking Rolex. To me, that's what would be cool. You know, that would be different. I mean, and honestly, outside of that, I couldn't even tell you what else was released. I don't even, I mean, as much stuff as as we saw, there was not a lot that I was like, this was super memorable to me. Like, what a Panerai launch. They, I think they launched the the third installment of of their cases, right? There's the the duo, and then I think they have the tray now. I think it was a radio mirror. I mean, who covered this? Who <laughs> covered think. it? You know, I mean, I was reading stuff every single day throughout Watches and Wonders, and I don't even remember seeing it. Yeah, I know Hublot put out some uh some more sapphire stuff. I think who covered it. You know, I mean, it's like it, everything just gets so washed away. And that's, I don't know. And and the thing is, though, is this is all completely contingent on the coverage, on the journalism people themselves, on the journalists themselves and the blogs. If they don't find it interesting, they don't cover it, nobody even knows it exists. That was the one thing I remember I hated the most about Basel. 
you had a few of the of the very big companies, the 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 big blogs that would get exclusive access, first first meetings, and they would do everything, and they would launch everything, and everyone got the little stragglers, as as the meetings went on and the show went on. But everyone that hit hard hit hard first, and you just kind of get oversensitized to that or oversaturated with that information and then everything else that comes out afterwards is a wash it's the same it's the same phenomenon we're seeing with watches watches and wonders and maybe that's why i feel so exhausted by it and so mentally just like out of it because you know we have some cool pieces but like i know grand seiko launched more than like two watches but i can really only think of two that are memorable to me agree Right, you got the new diver, you got the tentograph, and then maybe that like green and white GMT. Yeah, but everything else that they launched, like I, I, if you literally put it in front of me, I could not tell you if it was new or not. You know, because it's it, those just aren't covered, and because they're not covered to the average consumer that is consuming this content, this editorial content, they're not going to get exposure to it, and they're not even going to see it. See that would be a that would be a cool angle that I would like I would actually pursue in the in the fact not to be not to be monetarily incentivized by anybody but like you want to send me your off the beaten path crap to check out and highlight yeah I would be down for that because it's 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 sort of like keep watches weird and that's what's like fun about it like you know you you want to send me a pink gold shown bun be my guest. <laughs> you want to send me your, yeah. your wacky diver? Go ahead. I'll check it out. And, you know, and again, and I might not thing. love it, but I'll check it out. It would be fun. And here's the thing. Now that we've said it, someone will do it. Maybe. It's going to happen. No, it's going to happen. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I would be surprised if it doesn't happen. But like that, that to me would be the fun part. Because, I mean, let's face it, right? Any of these influencer types or people who consider themselves an arm, a branch, you know, a, a leaf of the media, even they want it. They want the, the, the hot stuff. They want the hits. They want what's going to bring people to their platform. What I would they want the clicks, right? That's I would, I want. would just enjoy checking out things that are just not a 40 millimeter Explorer. Yeah. Right. I don't need to look wow. at that. I've seen too many explorers I've seen in my life. I don't need to see it. In so 40 guys, the 39 wasn't good enough. 40 is a sweet spot. You know what I mean? I don't need to check that out, but you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, as, I'm as pilot. You. Sure. I would check. That I, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see the stragglers. I want to see the redhead stepchilds. I want to see all of the things that people don't cover covered. That's what I want because that is where you find the true gems in things. And maybe, maybe they're only gems because nobody does cover them, bro. I don't know. Maybe this is like, you know, uh, uh, some idea here that, you know, if it's not talked about, that's what makes it special. So it's special if it's not talked about, but if somebody does talk about it, it loses its special criteria. I don't know, but I just feel like that's what we need more of. And I feel like that's what we used to have. We used to have people reporting on things because they believed in it. They wanted to cover it and they loved it. And it was about covering everything that they possibly could. 
because it was about getting that information out to the masses. Now it's we cover everything that we know people are going to want because the brands want us to cover it so that they can sell it. It's kind of the way it feels that that way. Maybe maybe that's my long-winded take on what, how Watches and Wonders feels to me because it doesn't feel like it used to. I don't get excited anymore. And I think I noticed this last year with Watches and Wonders or Watches and Blunders. <laughs> it was the reason why that episode was called what it was. Right? Still today, one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. It was but, a good one. It was a good one. But th- this, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not usually at a loss for words. And this whole episode, I've been at a loss for words. Because I just this just feels different to me. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not going to act like there's no hope. I mean, as we know, brands like and Omega did not present there. So, you know, you're going to get something from them eventually. Hopefully. Right? You're. You're, you're gonna get yeah. when, when they're gonna release stuff. I'll let you know because I don't even know as a fanboy. It's kind of crazy. Right, but you know, I don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, a brand like Seiko just drops stuff all year long. I mean, that's true, right? Like the, you're gonna have some stuff still coming, still to come with a, a decent amount of it. It's not like this was the year and now you have the next nine months to just sit around on your hands and wait for the next one. <laughs> You're gonna get some decent stuff along the way. I feel like. I but, hope so. But I, I hope again, so. I feel like that stage is wide open. I feel like anybody wants to, you know, drop a bomb. Go ahead. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess we'll I, see. I'm, I'm I not hope really. That that's the case. I really do because I am ready for something that just blow my socks off. And I don't feel like I'm getting it just yet. Well, it's also tough. Like for example, right? You had like the you had like the the spirate, which is you know a commendable technology and something that's genuinely interesting. But it kind of was just here and there. Like it kind of came and went. And that was it. Well, and, and and again, I just think that the average person has no idea why it's even cool. It's so highbrow that it's just like yeah, that's it's tough. They they just, they just don't know, which I mean I get I can empathize with that, but yeah, it's just kind of like, what do you do? Yeah, well, you know that I think that's why I always wanted to have a segment in the beginning of the show where we'd highlight the new stuff, and it wouldn't necessarily just be the new popular stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're talking lip TV case watches, you know, like <laughs> that's going to be for a very select audience. But like, hey, why not? Yeah. Why not? You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people have hit us up about finding out about a watch on the show because it's just obscure. And then being <laughs> like, this is damn cool. And now I bought this. And I'm like, that's that's great. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you ever meet like, yeah definitely bring that like i would like to check it out <laughs> uh yeah so you know there's a there's a plus side to things like that but it's just uh i don't know i get i guess i guess that sort of justifies the existence of of people who are not like-minded of us but but like us who who just are out here checking out the cool stuff having conversations you know, it, it sort of 
that's sort of the, the purpose that's served there where it's not just here's your your 40 millimeter explorer you know mm-hmm. here's your celebration dial here's your you know and again i, I think the stone dials were the coolest of the bunch and they get no attention <laughs> yeah but that's what it is yeah you know, that's not... and that's that is so true isn't right? it of all the things that could have been cool that is the one that gets the least amount of attention. Like they, those get the vintage ones are lusted after the lapis, the onyx. Mm. Yep. Come on, and now we get new ones, and it's just like, oh yeah, well, well. I mean, yeah, it was cool. It's another oyster perpetual. <laughs> a watch nobody wanted ten years ago. Exactly, a watch nobody wanted ten years we ago. We used to Maybe... laugh. Me and my buddies used to go and mock the red grape in the case at the Torno. We, and look at you now. Yeah. That red grape is laughing back at you. Yeah, it's now, it's now eight grand somehow. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, my God. That's gosh. just what I'm talking about. I'm just like, geez. I know. It's just, it's just the whole world of things. You know, It doesn't but, make but, sense, but and that's... yet it makes all the sense. That's sort of what has stuck in my mind when I think it was either last or the episode before last where you were just like, I feel like something is coming, whether it's a change, whether it's an idea, like I feel like something is coming. And I, I kind of feel that I don't know what it is. I don't have a, you know, an inkling or a pulse. I'm not hinting at anything. I just. Yeah. Something's got to give. Something does have to give. Something does have to give for sure. But uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just I'll leave that to the people to decide. I'm sure we're going to have some interesting conversations this week. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, you know. And let and let us know your thoughts, too. I mean, I know this is kind of a different episode for us. Um, it's kind of a little bit more off the cuff. But but let us know your thoughts uh, in the DMs, because I'm wondering if you guys are feeling the same thing. I know some of you have messaged us and kind of shared those sentiments. But I'm wondering collectively on the whole if if that's the case for you guys as well. So hit us up in the DMs. Bro or I will will reach out to you, or both of us will reach out to you. Um, so yeah, keep the conversation going. Definitely. So uh yeah, this is episode 76. Schmitty, catch you next week and all you people out there as well. Take care.